You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 357th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in the city, beautiful Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt doing the 357th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Western Massachusetts, the beautiful city of Holyoke, Mass, the new birthplace of cycling. I'm oh really? I'm doing cycling. V- point v v3 out here um maybe 2.1 i don't know i've lost count but i'm uh i'm back baby the out-of-town form is uh delivered new guy in town crushing koms i've uh kissing babies shaking hands. oh yeah i'm making all the group rides i am uh lighting up the town line sprints i am taking the koms uh, and local legending all the strava routes mm. um soon I'm I'm so I'm so laying this, the groundwork. Yeah, I was gonna say. Are we, we might playing the f- game? Fact check. Are we this. playing the game? <laughs> Two lies and a truth. No, yeah. no, no. All these are truths. They're they're just they're inevitable truths. Um, uh, so okay. yeah. you know, I'm I'm like greasing the chain. I'm like filling the tires. I am dialing in uh, uh, the the what is derailers. Um, I'm getting all set. I'm ready to go. Baby, and uh, yeah, watch out. Yeah, I mean, you're laying the groundwork, mm-hmm. right? So you're get you're getting ready to take care of this. the The challenge, though, Spencer, you may need to speed up. Is that winter is coming? It is around the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, you might just want to wait yeah. till next year. You know, just wait till next year. Yeah, I may put I may put it off um, till the spring, but um, I just want to make sure everything's dialed. Um, yeah. You know, I could do cross season, but uh, I think I think I'm gonna gear up for like a gravel season. Hey, mm-hmm. this conversation—not to get it back on track, but let's make it about me um, for a second here. Uh-huh. Okay, is that uh, I was very proud of myself. Um, pro tip: if you ever ride in the rain, like I did on Saturday, and you get home, wash your bike immediately upon getting home. Right, mm-hmm. right. The hose out, wipe it all down, towel it down. Future Tim is going to be really happy with past Tim. Pro tip. Mm-hmm. That's a good tip. Uh, you should have been here on Thursday when I got super soaked in torrential downpour riding home. And I didn't do anything about my helmet. And then oh, uh, no. today, me, uh, today me went for a ride. And I uh, was pretty unhappy about that. Uh, pretty gross. It's bad so, news. Do you need do at what point Okay, I wore white road shoes on my ride on Saturday. It was raining. Mm-hmm. Should I invest in a secondary pair of shoes? Now, I used to have my classic time shoes, the old Ronald McDonald yellow and mm-hmm. red, and then I got the big red and white ones that said time on the side. Those are great. Um, that Spencer uh yeah, you know, Spencer. I I don't know where we got those from. Probably something like World Cycling. Uh, no, I think I, w- I worked there at that time. So 
Oh, you worked at time. So should we get, should I get a secondary pair of shoes? Can you do that? Because as Spencer said recently, like mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. I couldn't have two road shoes with slightly different cleat positions. Oh, it's I would tough. hurt myself instantly. You can do that, Tim? You think you'd, your, your legs I, are young I, enough? Because you're approaching <laughs> I don't know a if major, I, could. I mean, ma- you're, you're kind of getting old, you know, so I just want to uh-huh. make sure. This is a very solid question. I am one that I hate changing road shoes. So I had my last pair of road shoes for solid six years. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, the first three months of my new pairs were horrible. So Tim, what I think you uh, might want to look into, and this could be a pretty pro solution for you. And it, it could actually help you in those town lines as well. Being a little more arrow is I think you need some like, Really, some of the really tight, like slick, arrow-looking booties, like the gloss black ones, you know, like the super yeah. pro, Ooh. like okay. look like they're painted on kind of thing, um, to really keep the rain out, keep the shoes white, and then also you know a little intimidation factor thrown in. I like this idea. Yeah. Hey, okay. And you, I, and you don't I'll have do to that. move your cleats, which is the best. I know a guy that can get me some of those. Um, and, and I'm going to yeah, look hope. real slick out there. It's going to be fantastic. Um, start calling you oil slick when they see you coming. So little guy. <laughs> so tomorrow's Tim. a rest day. Tomorrow's a rest day at the Vuelta. Yep. Monday's a rest um, day. Should it, should have finished today. Um, uh, I think we still got Vuelta. ourselves a pretty exciting race, Tim. I, I it would have been shame. really cool if, if inner Marche Wanty would have won the Vuelta yeah. today. Mm-hmm. So yeah. wouldn't you have been a fan of a two, two week stage race with a, massive upset by a gentleman named ode well i think uh i think if it had been a two-week race we would have had maybe a little bit more attacking this week so maybe maybe you're right in that sense though i i kind of like this cat and mouse uh roglic kind (laughs) of trying to play it cool not go out too hard because he does fade usually and uh watching your favorite the movie star team slightly self-implode themselves while they try to uh cement the podium Uh uh-huh yeah, they've done okay. I think Moss and Lopez have worked together worked together much better than I thought. Yeah, uh, I, mm-hmm. I'll give them that. I could envision them being much more enemies than friends, and they're yeah. they're doing a pretty good job of playing off each other. So, you know, my favorite thing uh, about the past week of the Volta since our last episode was that, if I remember correctly. Last episode, Tim declared the race over and that Primo's Roglic had it all wrapped up and that there was nothing yep. else interesting going to happen. And to which he immediately that, that is right. immediately lost the jersey. And now we have a super exciting race with a, a small team like Wanty in the lead uh, with that red jersey. Uh, and a little known uh, team Kofidis in, in second right now. Um, what's going on there? That's what I really like. I, I agree, Tim, that Roglic can probably take that jersey from uh, Odd Christian and, and, and Martin anytime he wants. But Martin is not, Gillian Martin is not so bad a rider that you really want to give him too much time as these days tick by. And as he keeps holding around a minute, he's not. he's not giving up a lot of time. The podium is still possible, and in nothing else that's making Movistar nervous. Because they thought they had that podium on lockdown, and now it's trouble. <laughs> Tim doesn't agree with me. Okay, you could all see his uh, face. Well, he doesn't agree with you me. Know. You can. I, I was just the very happy. Of, 
that we got a big. There's a break. fair amount of smugness. There's a fair amount of snug smugness um, emanating from yeah from me right now. Um, Logan, I got a quick question for you. Ask away. Ask away. Um, ask away. Are there any time trials left? In I have no idea. Plot. I have not looked at that. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a time trial right at the end, isn't there? Okay. I am. I yes. like I said. Yes, I, there is. I am like a French rider. A French GC rider. I've never look ahead. Uh-huh. I wake up the day of. I go, oh, whew, that's a big mountain stage. Uh oh. Guess I shouldn't have put in that useless attack yesterday. Um, I hate to tell you this, little guy. On the <laughs> final day of the yeah, Volta, yeah, yeah. there's a 34 kilometer oh, time trial. Yeah, that's <laughs> that is, than a black dog. Come on. That's 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 fairly kind of. It's got like a false flat at the end. I mean, it's not little guy. It's not something that that Roglitch, the ski jumper, isn't going to be able to. You know, yeah, I, I totally agree. I just, I, I feel like I need to remind little guys sometimes that we have a wide international audience now. And when he makes references to Black Dog, a time trial that was 5K long in Minnesota <laughs> 10 years ago, maybe was the last one that happened. Ten, 10 years ago, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah like, we got you can't you can't just pass that off and then not not explain anything about explain it. Explain it. Yeah. I mean, we look. We yeah. We got we got listeners all over the world, and I'm happy to have them. But I I want to throw I want to still throw out some nuggets for our for our original crew of uh, long suffering Minneapolis uh, uh-huh. Twin Cities listeners. The, the original crew of five people. Yeah, to occasionally so, get some some goofy local race reference. Tim, um, you know. Our, Little guy, did you ever do? Did you ever compete in a black dog event? I did do one black dog. Yeah, I, really. When I, when I early on, when I believed I okay. would become some right. sort of so all round GC threat, I let's, really tried one. Let's put you in uh, Guillaume Martin's shoes here. You are the Cofidis rider. You are not expecting surprisingly accurate. Yeah. Yeah. This oh, it's perfect. You are not expecting a time trial to pop up on the last day of this stage race. <laughs> you wake up that morning, you say, "Oh, crap! Uh, do I have aero extensions for my road bike? I'm not sure. Let yeah. me borrow them from Tim. You know, Uh-oh. famously lost them. Uh, Tim has not forgiven you. We know about this, but what do you do? Like, are you? How are you going to feel during this time? How did take us through the process of your black dog? Um, how did it go? How did you feel? Did my, what were the thoughts going through your go? mind? And uh, most probably uh, most importantly, why haven't you done another time trial since? I think I did one other time. So I did the black dog once and I think I was mostly thinking, wow, this is brutal. And uh, especially on a stock bike and I'll never beat these people with aero bikes. And the only other time trial I think I did other than in stage races where I just soft pedaled it because I was a stage hunting threat which was a little known thing people don't usually go to poach stages it's not a thing that anyone thought of ever doing until very recently people only rode for GC yeah take that Peloton magazine I did the the TT I'd like the 2006 cat 3 thing so that I could beat you in the rider of the year competition oh I, that's right I had to uh <laughs> I basically had to finish the thing and not lose to you by like, I could I could lose to you because you were a much better time trialist than me. But I, I as long as I stayed within a certain gap to you, I uh-huh. I could beat you in the rider of the year competition. And I I did it. I showed up. I was kind of annoyed about the whole thing. But you know you got to do things like that. That's now, what friends are for. 
I do recall doing the black dog with you, little guy, and I believe that y- that I was starting thirty seconds in front of you, and I remember the, my entire time worried <laughs> that you were going to catch me. No, um, there's no chance I would ever but, catch but then, you in a TT. But then I got to the TT. then I got to the 180 turnaround, and I recall I I it's starting to come back to me, but I remember like, yeah, where is he? Yeah, where like did is he get he? a flat? Like like no. there's a good like solid like thirty. 45 minute had gone by and i'm like man i'm kind of moving here Shoot, i'm on my mozzie there's nothing that could make make me want to give up bike racing as much as a flat time trial i mean mm-hmm. i i feel so bad for like the 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 gc guys that can't time trial because of those sort of races like when we did the duluth stage race and I would go out and I'd be like, I'm going to give it a little gas. I'm going to give it a little gas and see how so, I can do. And I uh-huh. would just get passed by everybody. And then the next few days, I, I would be in the mix. But like in a flat time trial, I am useless. And I, and I feel <laughs> so, for these guys. I'm totally so, I think, so you're feeling really bad for Martin right no, now. No, I, I am. You he's going to shed at least three minutes and he'll slip to bar minimum sixth place on Jesus. I feel like we could probably take the last couple of minutes of this podcast, um, take the audio file, forward it to the embassy there in, in France and get little guy dual citizenship. Um, because I think he just <laughs> passed the, uh, citizenship criteria for France. Um, French cyclists. Yeah. Yeah. So Ugh, it's painful. So yesterday, what, well, first off shout outs to Rafa Micah today for like, what was it like a, th- 500k breakaway i don't know he, he was in the breakaway was, pretty much it was all really there. impressive yeah I, I i like spencer was flipping back and forth between spa f1 race the best f1 race of the year classic belgian weather and the bike race on nbc sports or however i watch it and every time I'd go back, Micah was still like in the either the break or on the front. And I was like, all right, well, maybe F1 started by now. Nope. Um, pretty cool to see Micah with the win. But was it cooler than Romain Bardet's win yesterday? Like, I mean, both are kind of blasts from the past. Both are guys we've given shout outs to at like R- Richmond Road World, stuck our head out the window, like, oh my God, it's Rafa Micah. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. it's Hep Bardet. Uh, which one do on the Slow Ride podcast scale do we appreciate more? And I, I hate to say it, boys, but it's got to be Bardet, right? Yeah, I guess. Probably, yeah. Bardet's win was super cool the way he played it, so chill in that break, as and he let everybody else attack and attack on the last climb and, and and then when he put in the move it was it was stone cold like it was done it was <laughs> he pulled out the knife and he just stuck it in it wasn't he wasn't messing around at all yeah micah obviously like sold forever and that's also super super brutal you know and especially with chrysowick like stuck at a minute 30 forever like those guys are probably gonna yeah. compare power files later and be like yeah so you did 300 watts for 80k and i did 300 watts for 80k cool i guess i should have closed that gap earlier um, <laughs> but bardet's was bardet's was really a master class in tactics as well so i really yeah. like that did you see the the low light of, of jay vine of alpecian phoenix oh. getting hit by the uh, team car yeah but man he came back and got what third on the stage he, he still got third that guy's um that guy is is having an amazing i mean obviously zwift academy 
he's yeah he's like the Zwift guy so are we re- like what were we surprised that he got hit by a car um <laughs> he probably thought God, he could was, ride right through it yeah yeah, 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 yeah he yeah, probably yeah. thought he could ride right through it or the the other team was like get off the road like get back on your trainer like mm-hmm. maybe like there should be an in-depth because they, they he deserves major points for getting back up finishing third after getting destroyed by a car i mean it was horrible mm-hmm. to see yeah um but rem, reminiscent of of johnny hoogerland's uh blast from the past uh getting mm. toasted on the car so yeah it's really cool to see the uci put in safety of riders first um so Romain Bardet looks uh, pretty good out there. Thomas Pidcock with a solid fourth place. So not being weighed down by the uh, the gold medal. No. <laughs> no. It's weird that um, when and- you win a gold medal, you have to carry it around uh, for the rest of your, your tenure. I, I feel like that hampered Carapaz a little bit. Uh, he ended up abandoning, I think, because it was a little too heavy. But I'm trying to, like, so since the last... I mean, really, it's Roglic has won a stage, and then you had um, some guy from a flooring team win, Florian Seneschal. And then I think Magnus <laughs> Court took a win uh, for EF, uh-huh. which was pretty cool. Which is um, second win. Court's been, Court's yeah. been really so, crushing it. I mean, overall, it's it's looking pretty good. I, I, I'll give it up to you, little guy. It's like, it's it's not too, too bad out there right now, so... I- I don't think yeah. there's a, a bad, it's not bad to go in. I know you like two weeks, but third week, you go in with two guys you didn't expect in the top two places, and then you got all the favorites uh, sitting right behind it. It means people have to attack. Even Roglic has to attack. Right? Mm-hmm. So right now, I do think that what we should do, though, is we should give the shout-out to um, uh, Giant DSM. Their, their tour has been saved. The Volta has been saved by yeah, um, what has been putting in with Michael Storer, and then uh, remain uh, Bardet. So three stage wins. I forgot that team still existed, to be perfectly honest. Uh-huh. Um, things are things are looking up for Team DSM right now. Um, congrats to them. Even got third on today's stage um, with uh, Chris Hamilton. So overall, the Volta's looking pretty good. But little guy, how stoked are you that Intermarche Wanti is in the red jersey? I am very into it. I mean, who, who would have seen them getting it with one rider yet two riders in this race yeah uh and your boy mentees uh he's seven minutes down yeah but he's he's in 14th on gc and he's been doing the work i think at least nothing else we know he's getting another contract out of this so <laughs> I, they're punching above Very their true. weight so, for being they're the, punching above being the little the little the little uh team that couldn't so far this year basically um, you guys also called it with Valverde's um, sudden departure from the Vuelta. Movistar has now slipped to fourth place in the team competition with Ineos having a three-and-a-half-minute lead over UAE it hurts, and man. seven minutes over Bahrain Victoria. So uh, kind of bummed that Movistar will be missing out on yet another title. Um, death taxes and Movistar team wins. But um, we still have, uh, you know, Romain Bardet has got pretty tied up in the KOM. Fabio Jacobson looking good in the green jersey. And Christian Odd Eiking. Is it Eiking Odd? Yeah, uh, Odd. Uh, whatever. It's an odd yeah. name. Um, is in first place. Fantastic to see. Come on. Yeah, it was all right. That was, that was good. All right. All right. All right. Well, yeah. So yeah. overall, the Volta is going to be fantastic. Can't wait for some more rest day drama. Do you guys have anything else to add on to uh, Vuelta conversation? 
Um, no. No, the only thing uh, that came to my mind watching the Vuelta uh, recently was Pidcock's fourth place and how it came uh, during Mountain Bike Worlds and uh, how disappointed he, uh, he must have been mm. to uh, not be there destroying Matthew Vanderpool. Uh, mm, well, kind of, yeah, I guess. Wouldn't have been. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for the segue, segue, Steve. Um, and here we are, uh, seg- mountain bike. W- Segway Spencer would have worked just as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I guess his, I, his, no, kinda... Spencer, that's what you're supposed to say. Segway Spencer, my, my father is Segway Steve. <laughs> that's true. Cause it's true. Your father is Segway Steve. Um, Nino Scherter takes the win by two seconds over compatriot Matthias Flukinger and Victor Kerensky of France takes the third place on the men's side of things, but shout out. To Tom Pitcock's favorite Romanian racer, Vlad Daskalu, who mm, got fourth. Yeah. You may recall, if it wasn't for Vlad's hard work, Tom Pitcock would not <laughs> have won, would not have been in the Olympics for the gold medal. Um, question, Tom, have you given a gift to Vlad for the hard work that he put in to get you that eighth row start spot at the Olympics? I bet he has. I bet he at least sent a card. Yeah, he He's said a professional. So, and- just get on the the old internet. You hit up the edible arrangements. You send them a nice little fruit basket. It's you know, yeah, yeah, just like that. It's all done. Um, I was unable to watch the mountain bike worlds mostly because I couldn't find it. Mm. Um, you mm-hmm. know, Red Bull absolutely crushes all mountain bike television. Love it. And then I was like, ah, let me go through my bevy of suggestions of what we should be um and ha- how to watch it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know what. It was kind of a pain. It's, uh, yeah, I, I recall this. Um, I didn't recall this until the day of, but uh, the instant I started having trouble finding the feed, uh, I was thrown back to last year when I had the same issue um, where Red Bull, um, you know, doesn't get the world championship uh, uh, rights that they normally do. And, um, yeah, was left scrambling. So uh, I don't know why the UCI um, insists on doing things well, different. Like you build all these World Cups up to a crescendo and you don't let anybody watch it or you make it more difficult. Right. Well, Ryan Chrisman, listener of the pod, also has this. He sent us an email with bone to pick in the subject line. So you know it's going to be good. Uh, well, guys, I've got a bone to pick. For years now, UCI mountain biking has stood tall as the only form of cycling with reliable, high-quality coverage, and for that reason, has become appointment viewing. All facts. To watch road cycling, you have to manage six subscriptions, have a VPN, or find a shady live stream from someone in Albania. Shout out to Albania, by the way. I have better luck with cyclocross sometimes. When I get lucky and my YouTube TV gremlins find something on the Olympic channel... And good luck watching any of those USA cycling streams. Just because I can access that doesn't mean I want to. But alas, Red Bull TV has been a safe haven, letting me listen to Bart and Rob break down all the action and beautiful camera shots for free. So this morning, I hop on thinking I'll enjoy the replay of Christopher Blevins claiming his rainbow stripes. And to my surprise, I see there's a geo restriction on the world championships. Mm -hmm. What could this be? Enter Flow Sports. I should have known. It was only a matter of time until they effed up the wholesome goodness of Red Bull TV. Now hear me out. I don't mind paying 
for good coverage of the races I care about. I even bought a GCN race pass for a couple of months to watch the Giro. What I do mind is only giving, only being given the option to pay $150 for a yearly subscription fee when you only have the rights to a couple of races I care to watch over the year. If anyone can solve the cycling media broadcast problem, I know it is the brilliant minds of the Slow Ride Pod. What's the solution, boys? Well, yeah, absolutely correct. One hundred fifty dollars for a Flow Sports um, subscription for yeah. where they where they don't let you buy it by the month. Like at least give me the ability to go like you know what twenty bucks for the month, and then maybe I'll do it. But one hundred fifty bucks for the year, I mean you know, I got a kid to put through college in eighteen years. Um, it's just I, it's too much. I'll say it right now. 15 bucks. It's a, it's, that's, that's a lot of money for when I counted, I think was like six races I would have watched all year on flow. It's just the dollar to yeah. donuts isn't worth it. Hmm. No, it's worse than crits. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, so I think this is a good point. What's the solution? Well, clearly the solution is that the UCI bids the entire contract for both the yeah. world cup races with the world championships that would solve yeah, it they should not definitely. you know like that's the that's the solution here but you know that's too easy as a solution so you know it's not going to happen right and i far be it from me to uh tell any streaming service how to uh set up their business model but um yeah glowing reviews for red bull all around red bull tv um for producing the content for free I understand not everybody has Red Bull's marketing budget or or production uh, <laughs> crews and all that. Um, but I wish some of these services would kind of allow you to a la carte these races because let's face it, we're, we're all bike racing fans. Even the three of us on this podcast, bike racing fans are going to want to watch different races. Um, it's a very nuanced sport and i'm not sure that any streaming service has really figured that out like they buy a few packages from aso or uci or whoever and they're just like hey 150 bucks for a year and you get bike racing and everybody's like no but i want this bike racing that bike racing but not this bike racing and not those races but i will watch this one and there is no magic formula right like it it the only solution is a la carte option because I would, you know, tune into a few Vuelta stages. I'd even pay like five or something bucks for a stage if I knew it was going to be a good one, you know, instead of yeah, like buying yeah, a whole I mean, Vuelta package because I know I'm not going to watch all 21 stages anyway, you know. Kind of like if you could just throw them in your cart. At the beginning of the season, I'd get that that UCI calendar. Yeah, and I and I could drag around a little bit, but I don't know. Well, the real solution here is that uh, Flow Sports will probably just get sold to outside um, <laughs> magazine slash media conglomerate, and then it will just be behind a paywall for forty nine ninety nine a year. And then you're like, oh, suddenly maybe the value's there. I um, who knows if <laughs> that's my prediction. Put that one down. Um, mm-hmm. I just come with your Velony subscription. Yeah, I just one fifty is a little bit too much, and I. I wish that it was easier for, for me to watch. And I wish I, you know, it was a little bit more disposable income to go pay for it. Um, probably the real solution, I guess, would be a VPN. If you, if you want to just VPN it to just grab it over on the Eurosport coverage or whatever. But 
I, I'd be interested. Maybe one of our UK listeners can tell us, but I'm pretty certain that Red Bull TV, or sorry, that the coverage of UCI mountain bike racing, I, I'm curious if that's on Red Bull TV over in Europe or if it's on Eurosport. And then Eurosport has like the whole package. That would actually be something I'm interested in learning about because then it wouldn't be split. Whereas, you know, here in the U.S. it is split. Um, but here we are. Uh, shout out to Evie Richards for taking the win mm. on the women's mm-hmm. side over Annie Terpstra and Sina Fry of Switzerland with Yolanda Neff um, just missing out on a podium spot in fourth place. Overall, I did not watch the racing. Did you guys, were you able to catch any highlights or anything? No, no, I, I missed that race. The um, the one big highlight I did see um, before the women's race actually started. Do you guys, uh, did you guys see Yolanda Neff's um, Instagram feed? No, but I bet it was no. good. What happened? She ate it so hard in the rock garden, like during practice or warm-ups or something. Like over the bars, land straight on your sternum on the rocks, going downhill. It was, she wrecked herself. Um, Apparently she's fine, but she posted the video and was like, whoops. And uh, it was uh, a sight to see. Um, And uh, I was like, oh man, if that rock garden's taking out Yolanda, that is a a legit rock garden. What what I did see, and Yolanda has a couple of pictures on uh, Instagram, but I did see it on Twitter. It was kind of a buzz. Was the very tasteful, well, uh, gold medalist paint job uh, that she has on her Trek bike. Eat um, your I, heart out, Egon Bernal. This is how you do a bike. Oh, this is probably the best paint job I've seen of a uh, gold medalist um, from the Olympics. So it's basically gold, kind of on the front. Um, into a white uh, main body, um, which is always a risky uh, mountain bike color. You know, white kind of gets a little dirty. I mean, but if you're a professional and it's always cleaned, um, it looks really good. Shout out. I wonder if friend of the pod, Micah Moran, um, had a hand in this one because it is a beautifully well done um, gold gold gradient to the white. Oh, it's Fantastic. got it's, it's got some it's, some some hints to Tokyo in it as well with the uh, some Japanese flourish and uh, flora and yeah. uh, stuff like that. Um, so not just a straight fade gold to white. It's like really detailed, really cool. Almost makes up for that top tube. But um, otherwise, I think that it's uh, just a fantastic looking bike. Um, the gold uh, so well done. So Evie Richards takes the win, guys. Cross country is awesome. It's fantastic. It's coming back. It's, oh, it's so fantastic to see, um, huge crowds there on the side. And then what I did see is I did see the, um, uh, YouTube replay of the gold medal winning downhill run by, um, I'm going to check my notes to make sure that it's not 2010, 2012, uh, South African Greg Minar <laughs> takes yeah. the win by two, two tenths of a second over Benoit Coulajan and Troy Brosnan at about a half a second back. Um, and then on the women's side, Miriam Nicole takes the win. Uh, man, Greg Minar. I forgot about that guy. <laughs> Can't around. forget about Greg. Yeah, that's, uh, mean, that's, a, um, that's a performance that, that speaks straight to the heart of the Slurite podcast, where we love our Roman Bardes and our Rafael Micas and our Valverdes. Um, 
you know, it takes it takes it back a full decade, and uh, you love to see it. Pop quiz, without looking, gentlemen. Uh-huh. The greatest of all time mountain bike downhiller has been racing for a long time. He has four world championships, including the one today. Really, he's His, got four. Guess how old? The first, without looking, how old is he? I don't know. I feel like the first is 2003. 2003 was his first ever world championship downhill. That's um, a long time ago now. That's a long time. And that ago. was in Lugano. That was in Lugano, which isn't even on the circuit anymore. Um, so, yeah. Early on discs at that point. 2003. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was when he was riding for the Lee Dungarees team um, yeah. in 2003. Nice. He is 39 years old, turns 40 in November, and he just oh, took it to the so boys. But he's 40. So That's like, I mean, him and Valverde got to be hanging out. In fact, yeah. I could, I'm pretty sure I could come up with an advertising scheme here of those two guys hanging out, sharing fist bumps. Um, <laughs> oh, man. So cool uh, to see Minar uh, take the win for the Santa Cruz Syndicate team. Um, man, 40 plus years and then the other big news and i would be remiss if i did not mention it was my favorite finish of the weekend was the breton classic mm. when benoit cossenfroy of ag2r took it to enemy number one <laughs> julian alaphilippe with an amazing mm-hmm. post up brown shorts looking fantastic and a really long face of disappointment from the worst man in professional cycling. <laughs> the enemy. The heel. The bad guy. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Julian. I'm really glad Alaphilippe. you're savoring these last moments of Alaphilippe losing in the rainbow jersey. This is, this is what it's all about. This is. <laughs> the happiness it brings you is, is great. Um, now, we did just change the pro- profile photo of our Twitter account to the glorious trophy presentation of the Grant Park crit. Mm-hmm. Before that, it was, of course, when Wout Van Aert threw his bike over a posting up Julian Alaphilippe. This photo is pretty good. It's, it's pretty good. good. It, yeah, it's... it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. The best part about it is there's another quick step guy in the distance, kind mm-hmm. of blurry, with his head also down. Well, that's like, what oh. really makes it impressive is he took it to two, not just, he didn't take it just to Alaphilippe, he took it to two quick steps. And yeah, I mean, yeah. I hope he yeah. makes that world's team. And then he has to probably work for Alaphilippe, but you know, still. So. Ah. Fantastic things. Um, well, guys. Let's uh, get to the preem laps. Let's check in with friend of the pod and our reporter on the ground, Michael Matthews, to see how things are going in Spain. Hello, this is Bjorn Solander. I'm coming from live at Bella du Nord in Aspen, Minnesota. And I've listened to the Slow Rap Podcast one time. All right, guys, here we are in the premium lap. Major shout-outs to all the members and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to WideAnglePodium.com and check how you can become a member by clicking Donate or Membership so that you can become a reoccurring supporter. Or if you've ever wanted to buy us a beer, maybe a glass of milk, 
You can also do yeah. a one-time um, donation to the Slow Ride Podcast. Whatever um, beverage you want to imagine you're buying us, uh, you know, it's, and it's Any Anything you can it, throw toward us really helps I mean, out. I'll, I'll take a... Um, I'll take a... On the, I'll take an air. oat milk latte if you got one, okay. actually. That would be great. Right, like maybe like an oat milk latte. Yeah, maybe once a month or so. That would be perfect. Um, and the best way to do that is to sign up to become a, a, a donor of the Wide Angle Podium Network. And while you're there, you can, you know, if you so choose, um, support any of the other great shows on the network as well. We've got a lot of... Uh, People out there pounding the pavement, getting you the the information and the gossips and the details and the behind the scenes info from all the biggest events um, around the globe, really. Uh, but uh, yeah, a lot of people crushing it with the content lately. And I don't know if it's out yet, but it will be out soon that there is going to be one heck of a great interview from friend of the pod, Amanda Nauman, on the next episode of The Grodio. So you're going to want to check that out. What both Zach and Amanda did put together kind of recapped all of gravel beef for, that we got wrong last week. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Amanda was then on the ground in Asheville, North Carolina for the um, Belgian waffle ride. Um, we're seeing great things there. And then obviously Criterium Nation continues to slay it. And Cyclocross Radio had Haley Batten on. And they had a pretty in-depth conversation about the sad news coming out of the Katie Compton um, positive. So overall, the Wide Angle Podium Network is putting together some great content. We appreciate you going to check it out. Um, We also got a great shop up there on the website. So head to wideanglepodium.com and find out um, more about our family of shows and what we're doing for independent cycling media. We'd also like to thank Buckler Skincare for their continued support. Head over to Buckler Skincare, get your very own chamois cream. We've got a couple of tweets coming in with people dipping their fingers into the chamois cream, oh. into the Miracle Wrap. Um, <laughs> loving it. We, just keep oh, tagging man. us. We love to see the Miracle Wrap being used. Um, well, not not used. Sorry. We love seeing yeah. the unopened jar of the Miracle Wrap. Uh, it's great. It's hands down the best shaming cream I have ever used. Mm-hmm. Uh, just go to bucklerskincare.com. Handmade in lovely Tallahassee, Florida. Um, so, yeah. 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 Fantastic. And with that, let's, let's uh, get back to the show. Continue the show. What up? This is Tom Skoyinch. And you're listening to this low ride podcast. All right, guys, here we are. We got some emails to go through. I know we already um, hit it up with um, the email about the coverage, but Nick Ellis Wilmis hits us up and he says, Can you look a gifted horse in the mouth? Hello, great podcasters. I got a frame from a friend who bought it. Early in his cycling career, around 2003-2005. It is a Scott CR1 in size 56. Yeah. I have a 54, but I got it for free. I want to make it up again and have some ideas as silver rims and polished 105 might look good on a black bike with silver and decals. It did come with Durace brakes. Polished. Stoked. I did some Googling to get a good idea for what a bike of this era looked like, and I came across Sunyar Duval. You have mentioned this team multiple times, and some of their rides <laughs> almost weekly. So who better to almost. ask? How, 
So who better to ask how to build up this bike than you guys? How would you build this bike in 2021? I will not buy all the latest and greatest, i.e. no ceramic oversized $1,000 pulley wheels for this bike, but I am willing to do some internet digging to find the correct and best parts for this bike. I will ride it. I'll be looking for wheels, bars, saddles, bar tape, brake, shifter hose, colors. Like I said, you guys know. I think this type of bike questions are right up your alley and should be sent in more often. Best regards, Nicholas. So, gentlemen, how should a 2003 Scott CR1 be built up? Absolutely crushed it. We are the best position podcast to answer any sort of question about style from 10 years ago. Um, 10 plus, (laughs) yeah. I I was very excited about this one because obviously we are big Sonia Duval fans from back in the day. Uh, they always had the look down, the full yellow. What I really like about this frame is if you want to build up your old pro team looking bike, mm-hmm. the Sonia Duval with the Scots is perfect because for a little while they were on DA. At some point in mid-2000s, they switched to Campy for a while, and then they switched to SRAM. So you can mm-hmm. go, the frame's up close enough that you could go any of the three routes from that era, whatever fits your budget, whatever you like, like wh- whatever, you know, how you like to move your hands, mm-hmm. and you would look protein correct. And like a lot of bikes, you don't have that option. Like, you know, like Mappe is always on DA. You put Campy on there, it's sweet, but it's not the protein look. You can, whatever it is, right. like Scott, you're like, oh yeah, man, I'm really into 2003 us on your Duval as opposed to like 2006 it looks exactly the same just with a different group uh that yeah, being said that, mavic cosmic rims are the only way to go no matter what because they're huge oh looks it's true i mean that that constant switching of parts manufacturers probably did not hint at the underlying issues um that that team had no um, they had other issues <laughs> major issues maybe Prepare just yourself a yeah um for for wheels, I think I think you're onto something there. Now this frame he described as the black and silver. Now when I think of a Scott frame from that era, I instantly think of the the bare carbon with the big yellow decals. Um, yep. Normally, cool. but yeah. they're, they they yeah. definitely did have the all silver decals, which it sounds like uh, this is the one he's got, which also looks awesome because everything from everybody in that era was doing the bare carbon with a decal on it, and it yeah, always looked great. Thick weave. Yeah. yeah, the big fat weave. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, you you dress that up era appropriate with as much yellow as you can, like yellow brake cables, like housing, all that stuff. Um, and the Mavic uh, wheels are perfect for that. Yes. Um, Would you go with yellow tires? Like some Michelin, like Speediums or something? Yeah, like the, they might have gone with them yellow... back in the day. That or, I mean... Yeah, no, the yeah. pros, not the speediums. The only only poor messengers yeah. buy those for their race tires, Tim. Um, okay, so the, yeah, the, pro, the pro, the pro threes the pro three with like race. the yellow. They yeah, probably had a yellow they're, line around those. I haven't looked recently. They're race. probably up to pro sevens or eights by now. Um, <laughs> but the Mavic Cosmics are beautiful, and they're probably what you want to go with. But if that's mm-hmm. not quite in your budget. The um the other the Mavic uh, uh, limited edition wheels that were all black with the one red spoke, I those think are those nice. are quintessential early two thousand wheels. They are ubiquitous. They are well, they were everywhere, 
and they got just a hint of yellow with the Mavic uh, uh, logo, but those those could also be a, a strong contender. Yeah, they definitely they definitely rock Siriums one year. I've seen those bikes with, yeah, Sir, yeah, Siriums with the spoke, and then also those big black uh, carbon Cosmics with the huge decals. With Ugh. even with the aluminum brake track too, they're probably yep. heavy. Uh, but uh, but they're super aero and they just look the part. Like they look so pro. They so, look fast, man. Yep. Can we give a shout out to the 2004 um, Sunyar Duval team? I, I we haven't really talked about it. Um, we'll get back on the bikes, but real just just a quick run. Who was on Jaceba this team? Uh-huh. Jaceba yeah. Baloki. Yeah. yeah. JJ Kob- Kobo. Love him. Oh that. man. Love him. Yeah. Chris Horner. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Tim Johnson, yeah, that guy, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, I didn't think about that. Yeah, Leonardo Pipoli. Yep, no problems yeah. with doping. None whatsoever. And what's amazing is Ricardo Rico doesn't come until the next year. No, you're not, you're not even into Rico time yet, and it's still just you know. Eventually, you get Miller on the team, and they did all those ads where he was like a carbon addict, and you're like, I don't know if this feels cool after he just came back from a doping positive, but uh, whatever, guys. Rico Ooh. comes two years later, so I'll do okay. apologies, but I would say that the Scott bike, Spencer, mm-hmm. you bring a solid shout. the The raw carbon look looked great. I was never the biggest fan of this bike with the. I like black and yellow colorway. I think mm-hmm. it's good. But I the way that the the Scott logo and the stickers on the frame were just a little too oversized for me. It wasn't it's not my marquee bike of this time period. Um yeah. but I think what you guys said, like doll it up with the yellow. Yellow housing. Go all um out. I do whatever group you want. I do think, you know, you definitely want like age appropriate um, cassette on the back. So what's that going to be a nine speed or is that a 10 yeah. speed little guy? Yeah, we'll do 10. We'll go you 10. You can 10? do 10. Yeah. Two, two, like 2003, you're starting to get the 10. So you can get the 10 speed oh, yeah. DA, 10 speed Campy. You can get the, yeah, the super early cheap uh, SRAM stuff. Days. Yeah, that's the nice thing is you could get this bike super cheap, dolled up with all the best 10 speed. It's going to be pretty light. It's going to be a pretty good bike. Like it's not going to be, be a great bike. It's so, going to probably tip guy, the scales below the UCI minimum. The little guy and Spencer, I'm going to ask you guys here periodically or in just a moment, what your favorite bike from this time period, when we first came in, like what was the bike you wanted, right? Now, originally I was thinking, oh, I love the team Telecom with the Ulrich and yeah, the, yeah. Um, the, the Giant, the, the giant yeah. TCR. Oh, you but like the Giant. But when it comes, well, that's what I was originally thinking. But when it comes down to it, as a fan of Ulrich, the one that really got me over is the 2003 <laughs> Team Bianchi EV3, mm-hmm. okay. which was full campy, Ted Speed. Yeah. Yep. And it had the Mavic wheels, but mm-hmm. that was definitely the bike that I wanted because the Celeste just screamed off it. And yeah. I think what, I will say this, 2003 Ulrich made me want to get a time trial bike. Because of how awesome he looked in that TT. Yeah. I mean, granted, he crashed and sparks flew, but that like all jet black bike. Now, you remember I had the Super Pista concept in 2003, 2004, which was the all yeah. black. With, I mean, I almost looked like Ulrich. A lot of people kind of got yeah. us confused. Yeah, people but basically. The, that. that Bianchi bike was the one that I wanted. 
I wanted so it really know- bad. And I remember one I remember one on one local bike shop in Minneapolis that all the messengers went to was a Bianchi dealer. Yeah. And I remember going in there as a courier seeing that bike on the wall. Bike, and going yeah. like, I'm going to get that bike someday. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, I was a bike messenger. didn't have that kind of money yeah. um, to buy. Well, you know that TT bike isn't actually a Bianchi too, though. It's a Walzer. Is it? Ooh. Yeah. Check, look so, up Walzers. That's some That's some like weird early 2000 nerdy TT stuff, like super narrow bottom brackets and like weird, weird tech. Anyway, whatever. Can't get into it. I, I mean, think, it's too, too crazy, but... I think to answer Tim's question, um, easily, hands down, without question for me, the protein bike that I look up to the most from that era was the quick step time. Ooh. Right okay. before they switched to Specialized, they yep. rode the perfect bike. And it was beautiful, and everything was right in the world, and Tom Boonen <laughs> would win Flanders and all this stuff on a wonderful, beautiful, magnificent steed, and then yeah, Specialized came along. Um, 140 millimeter stem or something? Oh, Maybe this, is, this is millimeter the, stem. This is oh, the just, Tom Boonen uh, quick uh, time yeah, bike. Yeah. yeah no, uh, and, that's and, really good. And this is that's where really I can good. relate with our, our, our listener who emailed us because – in my basement, you know, I have my new bike. I have my DI2 disc brake road bike, but I also have my time with DA10 still just still there collecting dust in the corner, and I can't get rid of it because it's the perfect bike. Mm-hmm. The, perfect the only bike. you don't ride it. It's a it's good perfect. looking bike. Friend of the pod, um, the courteous fellow, I believe, bought one of these bikes um, while you were uh, later an employee at a uh, time, mm-hmm. and what. The thing that always struck me as a little bit weird was just like kind of that bonded chainstay in the back with like the oh they bonded it, everything like all all the yeah, tubes no, just like and it carbon just, lugs it was oh it's so good I miss carbon lugs yeah I love it it still rides great um and it's it's lighter than my Cervelo is so, today yeah, so yeah. just I think you should just, just take that bike and that's the only bike you should ride around your new town I set the I message so. now. Get get vintage um, Boonin jerseys and just wear those around. No helmet, just cycling jersey. It'd be great. Yeah, not a bad idea. Uh, I'm curious about little guy's uh, uh, favorite bike from that era because I know his favorite bike is probably from a prior era. <laughs> yeah, for the most part, <laughs> generally. I wasn't super into the bikes in that era at the time. Um, I think for Ulrich, Tim, I definitely like those Pinarellas, like when they're on the magnesium ones. Uh, it's just, it's a little weird enough that I, it makes me kind of excited. But I got to go, and I think I've said this before, I've got to go with the Cannondale 613 full oh. Campy 10, especially mm-hmm. the raw one where you can, uh, you, with the raw aluminum lugs into the carbon tubes kind of bonded in. I I do a search for one of those periodically, and they are... Um, I probably missed the boat on the low end of that market, I think. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a little bummed about that because I really like those. I I, I wouldn't want a painted one very much, and that limits my options. I would want a total raw one so you could see. Are the... we shocked that none of us picked those BMC bikes, like of the Landis era with like the no. weird Lego kind of junction yeah. tab tube thing? The problem is those all broke and like all yeah. those Bianchis from the Ulrich era broke, like because we know people that had those those early carbon Bianchis and they were breaking like nonstop. 
So the tough thing is some of the ones that are weird enough, there might not be any left, you know? Yeah, like yeah. There's a lot of, tr- there's a lot of treks <laughs> from that era because they sold in volume after some guy from Texas won. But, like, mm-hmm. some of these other companies, man, the, the BMCs, you might have trouble finding one. Yeah, the BMCs are all broken. Um, don't buy one of those if you see it come up uh, at your local bike jumble. Um, it's right hanging on the wall. Those they, those Phonak ones though, oh my god, they're gorgeous. Yeah, they were uh, there were boxes of them at the distributor I worked at uh, before we <laughs> switched over to Ridley's, um, which uh, I will say ties into our email here because uh, Ridley is owned by Yoakam Arts, and I don't know if you've heard this uh, tall tale legend that I will confirm is mm-hmm. true because I've talked to the man. Um, he wanted to name his bicycle company Scott and he couldn't because Scott bikes existed already. And he went with Ridley because Ridley Scott was his favorite, favorite director. No way. And tell that's me that's real. T- tell me that's true. It's absolutely true. Because oh my, I kind of want to go buy a Ridley. He's an alien man. I think uh, he's probably a, um, <laughs> that, that I can't confirm. I think he's an alien man, but I'm not, I'm not sure. Are you an alien man or a Thelma and Louise man? You can be both though. They're both great movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is, that is the, the history and where the name Ridley came from on Ridley bikes because you know, Yoakam's name is not Ridley. So that's, I want to believe that. I don't know if that's I mean, true, Tim. That's, I'm, gonna I'm, go, I'm telling go, you, I, I heard it from I, the man's mouth. Yeah, I know you're saying it, but I mean, I, I can see the look on Tim's face that he's not sure if he wants to believe you either. But he's, I want he's to googling. It. He's clearly googling right he's now, googling. trying to confirm well, I, this. I, I, I want. I'm trying to confirm I'm that, but I'm also just trying oh, to say, like, you're, you guys you're, are going to mention those movies as Ridley Scott, like yeah. Alien. I kind of get right, kind of, but yeah. not even putting <laughs> Blade Runner in the mention, like. Come I was on. trying to go. I was trying to go with the two sides of Ridley Scott. You've got the right. Ridley Scott sci-fi action movie, but then he can also uh, branch out and do a, a great friendship piece and uh, in, in a piece that isn't so dude-centric like Thelma and Louise. I'm trying to show the range of Ridley Scott. Yeah, Alien uh, historically uh, dude-centric. I <laughs> it's not dude-centric, but it's more like <laughs> masculine, I guess. Be right, yeah, Sigourney yeah. Weaver, not a dude. I'm sorry. I also have never seen Blade Runner, and I don't know how that's possible, but I just have never seen Blade Runner, so it's not my first thought. So, Sam in Jersey, greetings from Springfield, Massachusetts. Was a bit hard to find, but I Instagram messaged the race organizers, and they sent a link (laughs) to purchase the coveted Sam in Jersey. I think I'll have to pick one up. If you happen to live in Western Massachusetts, like in Holyoke or something, feel free to earn it at the Great River Ride that is hosted in Westfield in October, 112 miles with 8,000 feet of climbing. It's probably more than a salmon does anyway, although I can't be bothered to look it up. Thanks for entertaining me while I suffer on the trainer. Best, Brandon. Um, Many thanks for the email, Brandon. Uh, Spencer, uh, Mm -hmm. 8,000 feet of climbing over 112 miles sounds right up your alley. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, uh, it does. It sounds perfect. It sounds, uh, um, unfortunately, as we discussed earlier, I am going to push that off until the spring, uh, my domination plan. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, maybe... Maybe I could, uh, um, you know, make a, like a, a PR appearance, um, do some autographs, uh, shake some babies, um, kiss some hands, 
Um, you know, but uh, 8,000 8, feet, oof. Uh, that, yeah, that, we, sounds good for the time. I mean, I hear the time is super light. Uh, it goes uphill like a dream, little guy. Yeah, it might but, be good uh, for that, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, unfortunately, it's a little dusty right now. Do you guys oh, okay. get frustrated when we get emails from listeners about their prowess over at Roller Derby? Um, including this one from Bradley Thordenson. Trojan <laughs> horse move today, Guillaume Martin. And he put like 50 on Guillaume Martin at 90 to 1 to win the stage. Or, sorry, yeah. to, uh, um, who will win stage 10 of the Volta? And then, of course, uh, yeah, crushing it. Um, good work out there. Uh, I don't, I'm afraid to even look to see how we're doing on a roller derby. Yeah, but, no, um, it's not, you know, I, I love it. I love to see it. I love when people get excited about roller derby because it really is the most fun. It's, it's the best interactive way to, I guess, interact with pro cycling because it can be kind of, I don't know if you guys know this. It can be kind of a boring sport. Um, so what? Using, Say name. Using, so Spencer. Yeah. Roller derby does a great job of making it really fun and entertaining to uh to pay attention to weird things in the race you you may think that's fun but little guy we have gotten at least three or four emails um this one come uh riding the rails about this uh documentary of the rail bikes Mm -hmm. in new england from um have, have you checked out this video i did i checked it out right away it was great it was awesome (laughs) it's me i was about to go to bed and i was like I was on it. I stayed up too late, and then I laid in bed thinking about my failures as a rail biker. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do have a question for you. Are you okay with rail bikes that are um, side by side like that? Yeah, hey, I'm rather I'm than fine, like I'm yeah. the support. Hey, I just want in the rail, rail bikes bike out world. There. In rail bike world, is that like looked down upon? I, like a I side by I'm, side. I don't think I'm really in the rail bike world. Uh, hey, I just want people out there. I'm glad they're doing it. It's great home fabricating your own side-by-side rail bike so you and your your partner can and your dog can go uh and your stuff can go on a little cruise out out waiting deep into the woods it's great i love these crazy yeah, people. That, yeah it sounds like a uh, sounds like a little guy special um really yeah. is what no, what cool. it does but many thanks for all of the uh listeners that um sent that one in to us and guys i think i think at this point um do you have anything else that you want to go over or are we ready to uh, wrap the show for yet another week? Um, I know that little guy, you have probably about like a minute or so to tell us about your better half's brand new bike and why it's awesome. Oh, okay. I'll try to spit it out quick. She's trying to, she's trying to one up me on the mountain bike game and the vintage mountain bike game. She got a That's tough. sweet old, uh, Cannondale, uh, super V, uh, the rigid rear run, but with the head shock, and this bike, somebody went to town on it in the late 90s. Uh, XTR cranks, XTR derailers, uh, XT shifters, parallel push, uh. XTR brakes, white industry hubs laced to Mavic rims with some uh, anodized uh, aftermarket skewers, uh. and a very early uh, air suspension seat post, White Brothers suspension seat post. How much? 100. Had to be 1,000. Hundred and fifty dollars, man. She when she told me that price. She said, "How about this one? What do you think?" And I was like, hundred fifty dollars." And then she said, "White Industry Hubs," and I said, "Buy it." <laughs> it would have been funny if you're like, "No, don't buy it," and then you proceeded yeah. to outbid her. 
right? <laughs> like, like all of a sudden, then it shows up. Uh, like, well, it oh, wasn't it's a, a bitty different situation. Bike. I was, I was out of, I was trouble. No, Are it's you? super sweet. I'm super excited that she got it. Oh, so now the whole family can go mountain biking more. So I, I feel like your your better half is a trustworthy person. But is there a chance she erased a zero off the end of the price tag? No, um, this was just at a used bike sale here in Minneapolis, <laughs> and and that was the price. And yeah, I got I got the call that I should whether she should do it, and uh, got to do it. It's a good price. So, little guy, you've got a new bike that's going to go in your garage. You didn't buy it. It, it looks <laughs> fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. It's got a head shock on it. Question: yeah. Do you know how to work on a head shock? And is there a boost head shock? <laughs> uh, I don't know anything stupid. about. That I got to admit, I, joke. I got to admit, I know nothing about how they work. But I do have uh, a copy well, of Zinn and the Art of Mountain Bike Maintenance from uh, many years ago, and I, I do believe it okay. has a head shock section. Little guy, I, I I think this is the most current thing you've ever said about mountain bike uh maintenance or otherwise um on this podcast is that you're right in line with everyone else um not knowing how to work on a head shock at all yeah it's a bit of a mystery going on in there but um you can turn the dial two ways and one way it works and one way it doesn't feel very good so you turn it the way it works (laughs) and uh hope for the best until it breaks right yeah yeah that's that's actually how i work on my derailers too yeah right right totally well it sounds like a pretty sweet uh whip that is uh joining the um the the uh the collection there i currently um am not in new bike mode but i did have a situation that i almost added a bike Mm -hmm. at my house across the street from my house is a running track outside of a junior high school um, and every now and then, you know, there's some various trash and other like things that junior high kids don't want their parents to see. So they just like throw it over the, um, you know, the, the running track, the retaining wall. But I did for the last week and a half, there was a Haro mountain, but, or sorry, a Haro BMX bike with mm. four pegs and a, gy- a gyro, um, handle like head. Yeah. Yeah. Head what thing. That you could spin it. Th- th- that decal was off. Okay, okay. It's been there for a week and a half. Yeah, it's yours. It's I yours. wheeled it across to my house. I wheeled it across to my house and put it in the back uh-huh. to take a look at it. One flat tire. Yeah. Had a kickstand on it. I was a little concerned, though, because I didn't want um, little Hymar to see it because then he would think that he has a new bike. Yeah, because it's yours. Then I texted some friends here and I was like, Hey, what should I do? And they're like, I can't believe you stole, you took that bike. You stole a bike. No. And I'm like, it's yours. Did I like that thing was there for a week? Yeah. So I looked at it. I kicked the tires a little bit more. It, It needed a fair amount of work. So I put it back on the sidewalk gone within three hours after I put it back. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's a free bike. It's a free bike. Yeah. Yeah, But it was sitting there for me. I came down and stole it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I was definitely an abandoned bike i mean um it was discarded on the side of the road on the track or whatever not locked up not anything like that not locked up but yeah. kickstand was employed and it had a flat tire <laughs> now i i'm okay with with like i i don't feel bad that i almost took it into my possession to use because it was i agree that it's abandoned I just think we need to re I brought it up to reiterate the rule. 
yeah. on like at some point if a bike isn't being used it could get like a happy life in one of our collections or something little guy <laughs> how long did you did it take for you to finally go steal that bike that was Locked up outside of like Lake of the Isles or whatever. Uh, maybe DC. Uh, I looked at it for a couple months. I looked at it for a couple months. Yeah, yeah. Before I got in on the that. winter too, right? Yep. When when I found it, it had. I mean, when I noticed it for the first time, it was uh, flat tires, broken spokes, uh, nothing moved. I waited three months. I put a couple notes on it. I feel like I gave a fair warning. <laughs> If somebody actually wanted this bike, but I don't think anybody wanted it. And then you came over and just broke a lock. No, the the it wasn't even really locked. They'd only locked the rear wheel. And I just took the wheel off. And the wheel had broken spokes anyway. It was garbage. The wheel was garbage. So um it wasn't right. it was not even hard to take. So no, I, I I don't feel bad about that. I feel like I gave more than enough warning. I'm pretty sure it would still be there. It would have ended up in the trash. So, yeah. and I've gotten a lot of life um, out of it. So, another uh, big news here in Orlando um, is well, first off, somehow I've uh, weaseled my way into being the president of the Orlando Bike Coalition. So, That's, I don't know how I'm going to like, yeah, you're watch really out, burying mayor. the lead on this episode. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like basically the long term president of the Orlando Bike Coalition really didn't want to be the president of the Orlando Bike Coalition anymore. And I was you know, the last one left in the room. Um, so excited about that. We're going to do some great things, but the big news here in Orlando is that the, uh, the e-bike rentals have come back. So we've gone on this pendulum of where everything was going to the scooters. Um, the rental scooters that you see zipping around on sidewalks and they got rid of the e-bikes that were already here. Now the e-bikes are back and they're, those things really move and they're always now like rented out. Like it's probably the highest, uh, you know, rented more, more people seek those out than the scooters, which is really cool to see because they go faster and they're easier to maneuver and they're definitely safer. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm very close to buying an e-bike. Yeah. I'm very close to getting an e-bike if I can find one. Well, there's, I hear there's like rentals like all around town, like. I'm yeah. pretty sure you can find well, one. You're the president of the bike abandoned. coalition. Like, if the, they don't have an app well, or something? If, I mean, well, I, little guy, it sounds, it, it sounds like Tim is yeah, waiting for one to show up on the, on the running track. Yeah, is this all about you trying to steal a bike from the local bike coalition? I'm confused. It's starting to get to that point. I'm trying to figure <laughs> out. Um, I do have, like, I, those, um, yeah, so, you know. I, I got to say <laughs> If anyone ever parks one of those scooters in front of my house, like on the, yeah. like where it block, I hate those things when they're not parked conveniently. I wouldn't mind taking one as a trophy and putting it in the garage and just like, Hey, I've got that. Cause I've got some bollards from the old bike lane uh, battle over at my old house. Um, probably led to the stroke. And then now those scooters are kind of like the, I can't Next stand those things. Yeah. yeah. I've yeah. kind of often wondered how many of those scooters I need to steal the batteries from uh, when they get abandoned in front of my house before I had enough batteries to uh, convert the van to electric. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's an option. Uh, uh, lift. If I keep seeing them just laying on my sidewalk in front of my house, it's it's a possibility. So, Yeah. They, I, I'm assuming that they've the huge scooter problems over there in Holyoke. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, they're everywhere. Can't can't walk a couple of feet without tripping over them. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, guys, this has been fun as always. Love every week catching up with you and to tell our dozens of listeners about the Black Dog time trial in Minnesota, <laughs> dating back people, to 2005. People need um, to know. The Vuelta is wrapping up this week. So much more will be on the docket for next week. Always email us at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at theslowridepod. We'd like to thank BK1 of Rhyme Series Entertainment for the intro and outro music and the continued support of Buckler Skincare by going to bucklerskincare.com and getting the Miracle Wap chamois cream. Head over to wideanglepodium.com to find out about our flurry of shows, including news-breaking organizations like The Grodio, Cyclocross Radio, and Criterium Nation. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Holyoke, Mass, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Dear cycling friends, we accept the fact that we have created the premier gravel and road racing podcast, and we don't think you're crazy to ask us who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a hobby blogger, a gravel pro, and a curious newbie. And you can find us on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours the Grodio Podcast.